0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode from Ballparks to Buzzer Beers. I'm your host Perry Moritzinos and today guys we have a great episode on tap for you so let's get straight to it. So what I really wanted to focus on um, this episode was a couple of things. Um, I wanted to start with I want you to hit on really all four of the Boston sports teams, um, the Bruins, the Red Sox, the Celtics, and the Patriots. I am planning on going to spend um, a little more time on the Celtics just because their postseason does start on Saturday, whereas the Bruins, I believe, are scheduled to start Monday. So we do not know the Bruins' first-round opponent yet. It's looking like either the Islanders or the Penguins. I'll go a little bit in-depth, but I'm just going to do a little quick blurb on each of the sports teams. Um, but we're going to start with the Boston Bruins, because I think we have to start with this team. Um, at the time of this recording, 64 wins, 133 points with one game left to go against the Montreal Canadiens. So, chance to get a 65 and 135 points, um, breaking the points record set in seventy eight seventy nine, I believe, by the Um, Montreal Canadiens which was previously 132 and then they broke the wins record on um, against the Flyers where they had 63 wins this record of 62 was previously held by the Lightning in 2016 2017 and the mid 90s um, Detroit Red Wings so this Bruins team based on numbers alone is the best regular season team of all time now does that mean anything? No, it doesn't. Right? I mean, this season has come out of nowhere. Like if you had told me before the season, if you came up to me and said, Perry, one NFL one excuse me, one NHL team is going to break the all times wins record this season. Who would I have said? I probably would have said the Avalanche or the Golden Knights or the Hurricanes or the Lightning. That's probably the four teams I would have gone with. The Bruins may not have been in my top 5. I pro- probably would have said Maple Leafs after that. Maybe um a team such as the Edmonton Oilers after that. The Bruins probably wouldn't be in my would not come to mind. And this is a team where we were arguing in the offseason, why are you firing Bruce Cassidy? Don Sweeney should be fired. I was part of that group, so um I do that is a bad take by me. Um we were Thinking, okay, Brad Marchand is going to be out until Thanksgiving. Um, Charlie McAvoy is going to be out for a bit. They came back faster than faster than originally thought. But still, the team was still on a roll before they came back. And then we also had the situation where it was like, okay, David Pasternak, what's going on with him? Didn't have a contract. We thought they would sign a contract. But we don't know if they're out of contention because due to these Marchand and... Um, and Grizzlik even, and McAvoy injuries, do they trade him at the trade deadline? Do they just try and get out of that? That was a realistic concern for a lot of people, a realistic concern for me. And then you looked at the goaltending and said, well, Linus Olmark and and Jeremy Swayman are fine players. And if you had said Perry, what one of the Bruins goalies is going to win the Vezina, I would have told you Jeremy Swayman. I would not have said Linus Olmark. But Linus Olmark is probably going to win the Vezina with what's going to probably be 40 wins, 6 losses. 46-1, and one, he also has a loss in overtime. With a 1.89 goals average. And then not to mention, you've also got Swayman, who has a 2.21 goals against average. Save percentage, 9.38 for Allmark, save 9.22 for Jeremy Swayman. They've gotten elite goaltending. But this is a season that really, truly came out of nowhere. We were bring back Bergeron, bring back David Krejci. There was doubt before the season if those guys would even come back. Now they're back. Bergeron is fifty eight points in seventy seven games. Um, has a chance outside chance of Selke. David Krejci, although hurt right now, has fifty six points in seventy in seventy games. And I mean, obviously, I mentioned Pasternak earlier, but career highs in points with one hundred eleven points, sixty goals, fifty one assists, both career highs. And then you've got other guys just up and down the lineup saying career numbers. Pavel Zaka, 57 points in 81 games. We haven't seen that of him. The Really the only player that I can look at and say complete disappointment this season has been Taylor Hall with only 36 points in 28 games. In 60 games, excuse me. But still, that's a guy that I look at and I'm like, I don't even know if that's how dis- I mean, it's disappointing. But it's not like, so disappointing. And they've got a guy in Tyler Bertuzzi who's 15 points in 20 games since coming over from the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Everything Don Sweeney touched turned to goal this season outside of the Mitch Miller signing, which was an unfortunate um, kind of blip for this season by the Boston Bruins and really un- an unnecessary one, quite honestly. But this team has been elite all season long. They're going to go in as the favorites to win the Cup. They should win the Cup. If they don't win the Cup, it's still a disappointment. If they don't win the Cup, everybody here in Boston, if you're a hockey fan, you're going to be disappointed. I love watching hockey. I love watching playoff hockey. I love watching the Bruins. I've Even like last year where they didn't have the best team but still made the playoffs, I've been a Bruins fan. They're my second favorite team in town behind the New England Patriots. And I think they're converting a lot of people this season. And the playoff hockey is going to be loud. The Garden's going to be loud. Big games, all playoffs, and it's going to be very interesting You see how this team performs. Number of storylines. Will Linus be able to keep doing what he's doing? Will Swayman have to step in? Can Posture not keep up his points, which has been an issue? Will his turnovers hurt them? Can the secondary scoring keep up? That's, that's the biggest one, in my opinion. Will the secondary scoring for the Boston Bruins continue to do well? And that's the million dollar question. Goaltending and the secondary scoring. But they're gonna probably face the Penguins or the Islanders. If I'm um if I'm a Bruins fan, I probably would rather host the Islanders. Penguins scare me a little bit. They still have Crosby, still have Malkin, still have good talent. And look, this Eastern Conference, I've mentioned it before, is going to be an absolute battle. You've got the Lightning and the Rangers playing themselves in the first round. Um, not the Lightning and the Rangers, excuse me. Lightning and Maple is gonna probably be Devil's Rangers. Um in that first round, probably Hurricanes against the Florida Panthers. So the one seed in the Metropolitan versus the Panthers who were the President's Cup trophy winners last year. So it's gonna be a very, very, very interesting year. Um, interesting playoffs. And look, we're here for it. We're gonna keep you covered with the Boston Bruins. Right now, um, we're gonna do a little drafts st- um, NFL draft stuff next week, but it's going to again be mostly focused on the Celtics and the Boston Bruins. Um so, with that, let's transfer over to the Boston Celtics. Um, we've got a team's second seed. And I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm disappointed by the second seed. If you're a Celtics fan, you should be disappointed by them getting the second seed. This team started 21-5, looked like they came out of nowhere, looked like they were going to practically roll to the one seed. And then you had issues with effort, with other problems, that led you to say that this team dropped to number two, right? Dropped to number two in the conference. I mean, it might actually turn out better because they have to face the Hawks rather than the Heat, which I would rather do. But if you get, but look, you're not playing for the first round. You aren't. You're playing for the Eastern Conference Finals. They should. They should be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I have them losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Bucks. I've honestly being a Bucks, I have a Bucks. Um, believe it or not, I have a Bucks Warriors NBA Finals with the Bucks winning. I just don't think that. I don't trust the Suns. I don't trust Chris Paul, CP No Rings, um, famous nickname. I also don't trust a guy like Yo Chick yet. He hasn't shown anything. I'm not really trusting Embiid, so I'm not worried about. Um, the Celtics in the Eastern Conference semifinals either. So <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting, and um, and I don't want to go too far into the NBA playoffs because the Celtics should roll through the Hawks. Um, they're, they're Look, the Hawks definition of mediocre. I believe they were forty one and forty one this regular season. They had a stretch where they went. I bet three months, I believe, where they did not. Um, were within a game of 500. So they were either one game above from 500, 500, at 500, or one game below 500. So you're talking about really a team that's the definition of mediocrity going against the Celtics who should be on a mission, mission and win the NBA Finals. I think they're the most talented team in the league. I think they're the deepest team in the league. Arguably have one of the best duos. The Eastern Conference, for me, the playoffs don't really start until Game 4 of the Sixers series, this team should win. They should at least be in the Eastern Conference. They should at least be in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference at the very lowest. If they don't win a championship, it's a failure. Period. That's 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 the reality of it. And they play Saturday. I'm expecting them to win this series in four or five games. If this game goes, if this series goes six, that is bad news in my opinion. Um, I think that that shows that they're not still not taking the team seriously. They're where a lot season last year where you had guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who were getting tired at the end of games, right? They were getting tired towards the NBA Finals. You can't be playing heavy minutes right now. That was a problem last year. Although you swept the Nets, you took probably, in my opinion, too long to close out the Bucks in that semifinal final series. That should have been done in six games. And then you took too long to close up the Heat in the seven-game series, and then that led to you guys running out of gas against the NBA Finals. Will they learn their lesson this year? Will they learn their lesson? That's the question. That is the big question. Um, but that's pretty much it we have for the Celtics and the Bruins. As I mentioned, um, we're going to keep you covered here all, se- all postseason long. I know... Um, we had a week off last year. Uh, last week, excuse me. Um, that was just after March Madness, just to get um prepared for the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Um, we did that after the NFL season two. So I, I'm sorry I didn't mention it in the previous episode, but we are going to be going pretty, uh, pretty much every single week through June. Um, and then depending on how things go, um, we will, we might um, take a break after, um, the NBA and Asia playoffs take a week off, but moving on to the Patriots, and I only want to spend a couple minutes on the Patriots, um, big news, first there was Robert Kraft telling Meek Mill that Lamar Jackson wants to come to New England, I'm not going to talk too much about that, I'm not a big fan of Lamar Jackson, I do, I think Mac Jones is the answer, absolutely not, I don't, but, I don't think Lamar Jackson is the guy to come in and replace him. I'm still not sold on the running quarterback. I think, again, I think that quarterback that can pass the ball more effectively can than they can run it but still be a dual threat. Guys like Josh Allen, who I think can pass the ball better than he can run out, though he's a very good runner. Guys like Patrick Mahomes. Guys like Kyler Murray who can pass the ball better. Even a guy like Joe Burrow who's known to scramble once in a while. And those are the guys I want. Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, those guys run better than they pass, in my in my opinion. I think Justin Fields is a better passer than Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson is a better runner, but that's what scares me about Lamar Jackson, is the style, the style of play. We've mentioned it with these types of quarterbacks before. Mike Vick, RG3, running around, they're going to get hurt. We've seen Lamar Jackson been um, hurt with these knee injuries, ankle injuries the past two seasons, hasn't been able to finish out the past two seasons. I'm not a big Lamar Jackson guy. I mean, I think he's going to go back to Baltimore, especially with the s- recent signing of Rodell Beckham Jr. But but I wasn't on board with that train. The far more interesting thing is the... um. Is the trade request that came out from Mac Jones? Um, Pro Football Talk, I believe it was Pro Football Talk, and not Pro Football Focus. That report, that I believe it was Mike Florio. Still, still, still. I, i There's been some reports that they weren't really shopping him, but if somebody called, you listen. You should do that on every player outside Patrick Mahomes, outside Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. Every single player. I'm, I'm listening. I'm at least interested. Um, nobody on the roster should be untouchable. Ever. Period. So that's the question. Was, was Bill Belichick shopping Mac Jones, or were teams calling about Mac Jones and Bill Belichick not hanging up the phone right away? Look, I don't think that Mac Jones was particularly thrilled with how this season went. I think there's no doubt about that. I, I Would you be? Your sophomore season, people are saying this is gonna be a good year. He looks good, he looks spunky, he looks ready to go. And then you then you put in two um a defensive coach and a special teams coordinator, you coach your offense, and Mac Jones looks at the situation and he says, Look, I know more than these guys. And that's probably true. Probably true. But but the fact of the matter is that He's a second-year quarterback. He, he hasn't gained this credibility to say this stuff yet. Yet. When you're Tom Brady, when you're Patrick Holmes, then you can't come talk. Then you can complain like a baby on the sidelines. But Mac Jones isn't there yet. Mac Jones is nowhere near there yet. And I don't think I'm saying anything controversial on that. Another thing. Um, that I wanted to mention is, is there a rift between Belichick and Mac Jones? Probably. Probably. But look, I think when push comes to shove, when the season starts, I still think Mac Jones is a better option than Bailey Zappi. I think he has a higher ceiling. I think Mac Jones will dial in. Bill O'Brien's a much better coach. I think it's going to be a new team next year. Do I think they're going to be new offense? I should say new offense next year. New Mac. Do I think, I think they're going to be around 6-11, and 7-10. Right, I think it's going to be kind of a slow, slow burn for Bill Belichick to break this wins record, and I have a hard time believing that Robert Kraft is going to get rid of Bill Belichick before he beats this wins record, because now you might have a situation where okay, Brady, you let Brady leave the greatest co the greatest quarterback in NFL history goes out wins the Super Bowl, then okay. Fine, Bill Belichick has a couple bad years. You let him go. You fire him. He goes to, say, a team like, trying to think of a team that might need a head coach. Let's say the Raiders, in case they fire Josh McDaniels. Or let's say a team such as maybe the Cowboys. The Cowboys is a perfect example. Maybe they fire Mike McCarthy, bring in Bill Belichick. Talented roster, win a Super Bowl. And you do it with Dak Prescott. He's not Tom Brady. Then this is the situation where, all of a sudden, Robert Kraft has let go of the Greatest quarterback in NFL history. Greatest coach in NFL history. They went on and they both won a Super Bowl with other teams. Now whose fault is it that the team crumbled? There's only one guy left. Robert Kraft. And fair or not, that's how it's going to be looked upon. That's going to be part of his legacy. Right now, Bill Belichick is taking the hits for Robert Kraft. Whether I'm sure Robert Kraft knows it. I'm sure Robert Kraft knows it. He plays the PR game. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a very interesting year. And look, we have a long, long way until even training camp happens. We still got to get through the draft, which we will talk about a little bit next week. But the Patriots knew we have a good draft. They knew we have a good draft. Maybe they'll bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe a guy like Devin White who just required a trade. They need a big name. They need a big name. Because right now there are no big names on this roster. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Finally, Let's stop with the last um, Boston sports team. Let's talk about the Red Sox. And boy, boy, can we vent about the Red Sox. You know, I've been prone to vent about two things on this um, podcast the most. Number one, Marcus Smart. Number two, the Boston Red Sox and how they run. First off, before I get into the rant, let's start off with a more of an I love this pitch clock. It's fast. It's easy. It's quick. Two and a half hours, bing, bang, boom, done. Perfect. That's how baseball should be. You don't need four-hour-long games where the guy's chewing tobacco, touching his cleats, um, throwing dirt up in his hand. No, you don't need that. Quick, 20 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds in between innings. Perfect. That's baseball. That's how baseball should be played. Perfect. Exactly what we want to see another thing that we want to talk about the red sox is of course the boston red sox this team makes me angry more than maybe any other team in this in this city we have high let's right as of the recording time um the rays are 11 to no Tampa bay rays are 11 to no have outscored their team by 63 runs Now, now, you, four years ago, you fired Dave Dombrowski. You say, hey, I want to build a more sustainable winning model. I want to be like the Tampa Bay Rays. You bring in Hein Bloom. Sure, Hein Bloom, come on up. We're going to be Tampa Bay North, Tampa Bay North in Boston. Hein Bloom, I believe this is his fourth year. We have. Dun, dun nah. A Rays World Series opinion appearance. The most the most the Red Sox have gone? ALCS lost in six games. We have two last place finishes and this. And now we have this. I mean, this team's gonna be bad. The roster can you should not be trying to be the Tampa Bay Rays. At all. Period. This is a big market. The team that you should be like is the Dodgers. You have a good farm system. That's fine, but you go out you sign big names. Mookie Betts. They had Braun trade Turner via trade last year. He went, since went to Philadelphia. These are teams that are doing what they can to win games. Look at the Padres, small market team. Juan Soto is on the trade market. Yeah, sure, we'll take him. Xander Bogart. Maybe overpay? Sure. Who cares? We're trying to win a World Series. Fernando Tatis, signing an extension. Um, Manny Machado, he needs an extension? Sure. We'll do that too. Joe Musgrove, extension. Yes. Perfect. Why can't we do that? Why can't we not even re-sign our old players? Let Let alone sign other players. Right? They should be in the market on Aaron Judge in this in last free agency. Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson. If they weren't re-signing Bogarts, they should be in this market. They had to re-sign Devers. I'm not giving Heim Bloom credit for that. If Heim Bloom, if Heim Bloom had said, if Heim Bloom had not signed Raphael Devers, I'm almost positive this city would burn to the ground. That's where we are at. Look at the New York Mets: Steve Cohen, Francisco Lindor. They um, traded for Javi Baez at one point. Pio Lonzo's homegrown talent, right? Edwin Diaz, although he's hurt, we re-signed him. What what are we doing here, Haim? What are we doing? Are we... Look, if you're going to rebuild, say that you're going to rebuild. But right now, this pitching staff, 2016, oh my God, we'd have a Hall of Fame pitching staff. Hall of Fame pitching staff, twenty sixteen. Corey Kluber, James Paxton, Chris Sale, that's a dream pitching staff in twenty sixteen. Now, this is like a bunch of has been's. Adam Duval, who's hurt and who was having a great season, that is one thing I want to get quickly. Has been's Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, Rob Refsnyder, thirty two was wasn't really ever a ben, more just a has. You've got Justin Turner has probably been a has been. Kige Hernandez probably been a has been. Probably past his prime. And that lead that's a perfect segue. And the next I've never seen a team as weak up the middle as this Boston Red Sox are. Reese McGuire, Connor Wong are your catchers. We can, Connor Wong has thrown, I believe that teams are 16th for 18 running across the Red Sox. And Reese McGuire is not throwing anybody out. I mean, what are we doing, guys? Shortstop, this is, Kike Hernandez. I believe has like 6 errors in like 10 games. Not a shortstop. And then you've got Christian Arroyo, who's bound to get hurt, but he's having a rough year. My guess is he gets hurt within the next week. Not to mention that um, Keegan Hernandez, I believe, is like over. Has not had a hit in his last like twenty seven play appearances, something ridiculous like that. And then you lose Am Duval, who was having a good year, but who are you gonna replace him with? You may ask. Oh, I'm sure we have somebody in the pipeline. Jaron Duran, who got his chance last year and blew it. I'm sure there's somebody in the pipeline, right? Oh, wait. We're gonna replace him with Rob Ref Snyder and Ramel Tapia as a as a platoon. I do look up who this Tapia guy was. Don't bother, he's not oppressive. Probably the only I would argue that the only good thing Heimblum has done is Simon Satake Yoshida, who's been pretty good. Relatively pretty good. I mean, compared to the rest of the team, he looks like Barry Bonds. But it's very frustrating. I hope I'm Bloom is fired. It's very frustrating to see teams like the Phillies, teams like the Padres go out and sign guys. We're letting guys go. Just look at the past four years. Look at this talent, this talent drain that's happened with the Red Sox. It's frankly remarkable. Frankly remarkable what's happened. And fine, if you want to trade everybody and then bring in some good prospects, some elite prospects, that's one thing. That signals a direction. That signals a direction. But if we're going to be in this weird spot where we're going to be competing for what's basically going to be third place, fourth place in the division, because we know the Rays, Blue Jays, and Yankees are going to be way better than you. And you're competing for this fourth place in the division, but you're not really going to bomb out for a good draft pick. And instead, you're going to kind of be in this weird spot for another couple of years until guys like and Rafaela and um, Marcelo Mayer come up and Nick York come up through the system. We're going to be kind of in this weird spot where it's going to be like, it's a bridge year, but it's a bridge year every year, so what are we building a bridge to? Nowhere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's not going to sell tickets. That's not going to keep people interested. And especially with the pitch clock, I'm more interested in baseball right now with the pitch clock. It speeds up the game and makes my life so much easier. This is where the Red Sox should capitalize. Go out and get somebody this offseason. Please. Please. Go out, maybe call Shohei, even though they won't trade him. Call the Angels about Shohei Ohtani. Do something, please. Please. Anything. Bring in somebody. Because right now, it's all smoke and mirrors. I believe the biggest external free agent you brought in was Trevor Story. Where's Trevor Story, you may ask? Oh, injured list. Tire team is on the injured list. And courtesy of Felger and Maz, um, they went through a list of guys that got you $40 million. All those guys are on the injured list. And look, I'm not going to blame Bloom for injuries. But what's the point of finding eight guys on a bargain deal, right, who all stink, who all absolutely blow? What's the point of that when instead, oh, let's just re-sign Xander Bogarts for the 30000000 million. He'll play 150 games because he basically has played in 150 games his entire career and use that money elsewhere. Just divert the funds. Like this is the, it's a two hundred million team, and they're gonna probably be right around that luxury tax of two hundred eight million. But it's a two hundred million team of a bunch of bargain deals. There's no stars on this roster outside of Rafael Devers, zero, zero, and Heimbloom better hope that Masataka Yoshida turns into a star, because that's probably the only thing that they have going for them right now. Um, that was my five, six minute event on the Boston Sox. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, the team drives me up a wall, up a wall, not really so much with the players on the team, but with how it's managed. Bloom drives me up a wall, I re- really should say. Um, but that'll do it for us today, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Um... As always, visit our website, wwwfromballparks to buzzardbearderscom Our Instagram is there, our Twitter is there, our emails there. Guys, please email us any positive or negative feedback, segment ideas. Um, please, even if you just want to talk sports, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, it's always a pleasure hearing from um, you guys just about what you think. And Even if you guys want to be on the show, show, I'm sure we could possibly um, figure something out. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention as I headed off the air is Monday is Marathon Monday, 10th anniversary of the Boston Marathon bombings. So, obviously, um, it's going to be an emotional day for a lot of people. Um, heart goes out to the victims, um, victims both injured and deceased. But um, that'll do it for us today, guys. As always, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Perrin Mortino, signing out with the From Ballparks of Sports Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody.